0: Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders, the companion podcast to the book by the same name, by me, author and host, Erin Simpson. Hello and welcome back to Good Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders, Um, This is the companion podcast to the book by the same name, and we are now in season two of the podcast. Uh, We finished the book last week, and now we are delving into some topics that um, have been on my mind for a while. Uh, I've been working on this particular episode not knowing it was going to be an episode since November. Um, I don't... Well... I got triggered when I was out for a run, Um, and you'll find out why, Um, but that was when I decided to go ahead and dive into this and really look up as much as I could. Um, So anyway, the stories and experiences in this episode are my own and of the women who have shared their stories with me for the purposes of sharing them on the podcast, I am not here to start anything with any of the companies that I will only allude to because I am in no position to be sued, but I think it's important we talk about this because it's an industry that um, preys on moms and young women. Uh, So without further ado, here we go. This is Good Moms Get Scammed into MLMs it is the topic du jour and has been since lula rich came out at the end of 2021 and worked us all up into a frenzy about the insanity that is multi-level marketing and i guess to be fair john oliver came out with a thing in 2019 or something um where he breaks down why mlms are awful uh look it up and watch the youtube it's fantastic The chaos continued with another documentary on Discovery Plus, The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe, and I'm sure as they're currently still in business and there's now a Canadian MLM that is eerily similar to LuLaRoe, the content will keep on coming. The Dream Podcast is another great podcast on the damage MLMs can do. Um, What we learned from Lula Rich and the others is that... um, MLMs are targeting women and moms, in particular, and preying on their desire to contribute to their families financially while also being a full-time stay-at-home mom for their children. A motherly article I read in preparation for this episode called Amazon's Lula Rich Proves MLMs Thrive Because of How Badly Our Society Fails Mothers by Cassandra Stone states, American mothers who can't afford child care, who are reliant on their husband's income, Who want to stay at home with their kids but have something for themselves too are the perfect target for mlm recruitment stone writes so why do these shady business practices continue to thrive in the u.s because of the idyllic lifestyle they're selling not the products themselves you don't need a village to help raise your kids you can do it yourself you just have to spend a few days a week selling leggings leggings or essential oils makeup or diet shakes and you can spend all the time you want with your family But what these companies don't tell mothers is that they're first putting their family into debt with the buy-in, and every penny someone makes, they're encouraged to reinvest that money back into the business by ordering more product, and then eventually, because there's not enough people on earth who want this stuff, people stop buying, and they're stuck with stock they can't sell, and they're out of money. And instead of investing in themselves and starting a business that is truly their own and really building their independence, they're still working for the man and driving themselves into debt and living a life that is not sustainable. Between conferences, must do webinars on the latest sales tactics, latest product launches, pep talks from the higher ups, etc., your time is not your own. And these products aren't anything you can't get somewhere else like a legitimate big box store. Where if you work, part time even, you could maybe have some benefits like health insurance and paid time off, depending on the store. So it's just maddening. And while there are dozens of people out there now, maybe hundreds or thousands, advocating for people to get out of their MLMs, it's hard to find people who are willing and able to coach these women and men on how to build their own business without also scamming them out of money and leaving them without a plan to actually start a successful business, like file and pay their taxes, do their accounting and whatever else they need to do in order to have their own successful business. This is what moms need, not shakes and workout videos and free swag that they actually end up paying for. Another thing I've learned while watching these documentaries, reading these articles, etc., is that if it calls itself a family, if it has an exclusive conference every year that thrives on the whole FOMO thing for those who can't attend, and an initial buy-in in the hundreds or thousands, And some now are trying to set the buy-in at $99, but it's still an MLM, so don't be tricked. An MLM, and you'd be wise to stay clear of them. Officially, there are 10 main things that make an MLM an MLM. The first is no or low-quality products or service. Second, outrageous and unfounded product claims, like something is life-changing or game-changing or... You know, 100% guarantee that this will put you on your path to enlightenment or whatever. Number three, high pressure sales tactics. These come also with a lot of guilt. So if you're not meeting your numbers, they're saying, well, it's your fault. Why aren't you meeting your numbers? It can't possibly be that somebody can get this shit at Walmart. Number four, pressure to buy and stock inventory. Uh, Number five, Poor company communication. You're inundated with things from these companies, uh, new workshops that you must attend that are mandatory, new uh, product launch things that you have to attend, um, meetings with your team that you have to attend, Facebook posts that you have to do, but when it comes to you needing a response from the company about an issue, it's crickets. Um, the next is expensive and ongoing training or other business items. And then I think we're on seven is poor, better business bureau ratings. Um, deceptive advertising practices, uh, especially when you have these companies who they have a weird vague name and you don't really know what the hell they do because they do 15 things. I will, I have a list at the end of every single MLM that's, um, Associated with the National Direct Sales Association, and some of them literally have fifteen different product lines. So you don't—it's just—it's ridiculous. Um, And then another one is a cryptic job interview. If you if you get a message on LinkedIn about this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, it's probably an MLM because they're not—they won't tell you what it is until they're in a meeting with you and they're like, oh, we're going to get you into the ground level for blah, 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 and it's bullshit, um, then, uh, if it gives you an unsettling feeling, this seems vague and like it can't possibly be a, a measure of whether something is a scam or not, but it is. If your tingly senses are saying, this seems sketch, it's probably sketch, um, If it gives off a weird cultish vibe and is calling himself a family and promising this sense of community, uh, it's probably an MLM, not an actual real job, unless it's like for the Girl Scouts or something. Um, And then this is something that I found while researching this topic is that there are a lot of businesses out there, maybe not a lot, a lot, but there are businesses out there that operate similarly to MLMs, but get around being classified as one um, because of their structure. Maybe they're smaller, and then some of them are saying they are franchises instead. So, um, but the rest of the rules apply. It's just they're just set up differently, um, and and that bit is where my experience and my trigger comes in. So the We'll start with the basics. The way a traditional franchise works is you pay something like 20000 or or $100,000 or more, especially if it's a restaurant franchise like McDonald's or, or something. Once you buy the franchise, you model your business off their proven business model in an area that won't be in direct competition with an existing franchise. They also have a menu and business model that you're supposed to follow, including uniforms, menu items, what the building should look like, Etc. And there's some wiggle room in there for um, these companies, but, you know, most of it is pretty much well-charted waters. They're giving over this plan. These people just make the investment and run with it. Um, Now, these new MLM-style franchises are taking this traditional model, but they're putting people in the hole because they are they're not providing the rest they're saying here's our name and here's all these things but you're on your own um so the one i witnessed and had first-hand experience with was a um a mommy boot camp and i'm not gonna say the name um but you know there's many out there Um, and uh what i found was that a couple of them have sued each other over you know the the name of the classes or the name of the group because they staked their claim it's whatever um you can probably go, you'll probably figure out which one I'm talking about and you can google it and find out more if you want um <clears throat> but this boot camp that I was a part of in Texas was one of um those stroller mommy and me classes where um the owners franchise from the parent company, and it costs them anywhere from $3,000 to $7,000 to buy the, fr- the their initial franchise fee. Then they have to pay additional registration fees, and then they have to take the training classes required to teach the licensed classes through the franchise. So this franchise, this company has created its own curriculum, its own trainings, for its classes and they only apply to this one thing. Um, so all of the instructors who I believe were mostly unpaid or very minimally paid uh, also have to get certified and pay to keep up their certification with the head company. And um, these are not classes that are put on by certified physical health or you know physical training agencies and they have no real credentials that apply anywhere but here. Um, So somebody who is trained in these classes cannot then go teach at the Y because their training means nothing. (laughs) Um, So these trainers are trained to get us moms in shape, but they have uh, no real instruction on how to treat or identify mothers who have diastasis recti, you know, where your stomach muscles are split from delivery, um, hip or lower back issues following delivery or during pregnancy, they do offer modifications, but they're not individual based, they're just like, okay, well, if someone says this, do this, um, and they also are not in any way trained to help women with postpartum mood disorders, um. So in addition to paying for the franchise and the training, they also have to pay for the branded gear and it all has to be approved by the headquarters. Even if they print their own shirts with their location on it, it all has to go through the top. Um, so there's that autonomy is just not there. Um, then the equipment that they are encouraged to use are also all branded and they can only order equipment from pre-approved companies that the headquarters approves. And I guess has a deal with who knows, Um, but then where I come in is you know they charge moms by the class or the bundles. So you can, when I did it, you could you could do it like by the class or I mean I think you had to sign up for a package, but it was like two classes a week or three classes a week or unlimited, Um, and then so you'd pay your membership fee. And then you also had playdate fees, which they do not warn you about up front. Once they get you in, they send a, a weird peppy email out or they like to use Facebook. Um, they'll send a message that's like, hey, we're collecting $5 for the playdate fee this week. I mean, for this month's activity, please send it by whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of these moms... They don't have kids who are old enough to really engage in the play date, but they don't want to miss out because these trainers, the women that go to these classes, they put everything on social media. So if you miss something, you have that FOMO so bad, you feel so left out, it's like middle school and high school all over again. It's really sad. Um And... Then they also had mom's nights out and couple's nights out and a run club that I thought was just kind of free and, um, you know, off the cusp, like another way for us to get together. And, (laughs) but it turns out that was scripted too. It was all freaking fake. And if you did not have the unlimited thing like I had at the time, you had to pay, um, for running Running is free. uh, Anyway, um, so because all of these things are like pre-planned, pre-scripted, pre-written out by the lady gods at the headquarters, um, (laughs) it's not real. This this village that they're telling you that you have now, no, you have it because you're paying for it. Um, It's like a sorority, except there's... (laughs) you don't have the networking opportunities. Um, and not only that, but the owners of these franchises rarely, if ever, make a profit and continue often continue to have jobs outside of this. Um, the people who ran my group were still working in various industries. And then the majority of the moms in our group, um, trainers and otherwise, were also selling things. They were working for... MLMs. We had moms that sold 31, Amelia Jane, or whatever that kids clothing one is. um, Norwex? I don't know. Usborne, Monat, and uh, a ton more. And they would always do like um, giveaways. They would like bundle, they would work with the people who ran the group to have like um, oh, if you came to X many classes this month, you'd be under to win this giveaway. That would be for like a free month of the fitness classes plus this package of shit from this MLM. And they really freaking sold you on it. And then you felt so shitty if you did all of that and you busted your butt and you went and hung out with these people and you did all this shit and you still didn't win this crappy prize that nobody needs. Um, the mind games, The it's just... It's still upsetting to me that I fell for it for even a second at the lowest point of my life. Um, I am not, 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 not at all judging these women for wanting to make extra income. Not at all. I'm the same way. I had worked my whole life. It felt really weird to stop working when I had kids. And so I have found any little way I can to continue to work um, while continuing to be present for my family. And it is not easy, but, you know, you do it if that's what you want to do. Um, so, again, no judgment to these women. People fall for MLMs and crap all the time. Brilliant people um, who are so talented and could do anything, but they think this will be easy. And um, it's just not. It's set up for, for them to fail. Um, and it really pisses me off that so many of these companies target mothers, and they target them when they know they are their weakest. They are postpartum, they are exhausted, and they are fucking lonely. And so, most of the time, if they don't have a, a, you know, a strong social support, they will want to try anything to get it. Um, that's what I did. I wanted to be a part of something so bad. So, um, My issue with the Mommy Boot Camp, in addition to it being toxic, uh, with programs that dared to say, I think one was called Body Back, it's not called that anymore, Um, they've changed it because they were getting pushed back, and it's not cool to say that anymore, so they also just created cliques that honestly, I mean high school was not this bad, middle school yes, high school no, Um, and the all of the social media. It was like everybody had the farmhouse interiors and everybody had the messy mom bun, but like a full face of makeup at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning for this exercise class. Um, and, uh, no room for bad days. You could come in a huff, but you had to make it like silly and like, Oh, I'll never forget this one mom showed up and she was like, um, my husband asked when I was going to stop wearing yoga pants all day and like laughed it off. And I was like, um, what, like, what did you say? I mean, they just like, it was okay. They were just like, we're not going to get into that misogynistic bullshit. And we're just going to ignore it and laugh it off and everything's fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, when you didn't fit this mold of, stepford, wife, mother, whatever, you, you know, you left feeling worse than when you came. And I watched it happen to other moms who came and tried it and left before I did. And then that was why I ended up leaving. And the other thing that it didn't really hit me until, again, I was doing this research, but there's zero diversity. There was none in our group. There, um, you certainly don't see any on their social media, Um, most of them, excuse me, most of them. Uh, and so it's just, it's a very small, weird world. Um, and I, (laughs) it also created judgment from moms outside of the group. A lot of the moms in the group relied on screen time to keep our kids calm. I did, uh, because sometimes, some days they just were not having it. So you're like, okay, here's the Kindle, watch Sesame Street. Um, but then I will never forget these three... Very granola moms came. Um, and, and I, I don't like labeling women moms anything, but this is just the stark difference between these two groups. It was moms who were more into the hands on stuff with their kids, they came and um, <laughs> they were pissed that uh, the only way that they could do this workout that's m- marketed as like workout with your kids was to put a screen or something in front of them so they would shut up and sit still for this class because it's a, quote, liability to have them running around outside of the strollers when you're working out. So they left, I th- I think they made it the whole ec- like workout, but then they were just like, peace. Um, and I ran into one of the moms at the playground a, uh, a few days or weeks later. And I was like, hey, like, you should come back. (laughs) And she kind of, like, leaned in and uh, was really harsh about the screen time thing and it just not being her cup of tea. And I think I had been feeling some of the ways I'd been feeling about this group, but that was the first time that it was kind of like, oh, yeah, hmm, okay. Like, it really just made me question more what I was spending my time and money and, you know, thoughts on. Um, And shortly after I had that encounter with that mom was when my depression kind of went off the cliff and I was just not well. It was the crying in the closet, crying to my therapist, pleading with anybody who would listen. Um, And I tried to confide in two of the moms that I thought maybe I was the friendliest with, Um, and one had actually mentioned her battle with postpartum depression as a way to encourage women to come work out with this group, um, saying how much it had helped her during her postpartum depression. Um, And when I went to talk to her about it, she just kind of, like, ignored it. I honestly don't think she said anything. I feel like she gave me that, like, straight smile look and nod and like turn to talk to somebody else or something. I mean, it was the clearest, most hurtful rebuttal ever, especially knowing that she had shared that that this had been a problem for her. I just could not wrap my head around it. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm done. This is, I can't do this anymore. So, um... And when I left, I did not get a single message from anybody. Not until I had um, made a post, I think on my Instagram, that we were having to travel because my mom um, had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. One of the moms reached out um, to see how I was doing another reached out about a year after we moved to north carolina with something churchy that i just um did not have the time to hear so um and you know i'm still friends with some of them just on social media but we don't talk um i think they're perfectly kind and good people i just feel like um you know they weren't always authentic <laughs> Um, I I think it's hard to be authentic when all you're seeing is good, um, because that's just not life. Um, so, uh, um, and, and I just didn't fit that, you know, my life, yes, big picture, it was good. I was not good. I was not in a good place at all. And I did not fit their idea of what a mom was. I was depressed, anxious, bitchy, uh, (laughs) Um, burnt out, just having a tough time, and they just didn't, they weren't there for it, so you know, fine. Um, but because I was alone and in a state where I had no support other than my husband and some neighbors, um, I had felt at the time that I needed this group, I needed these women, which was why when they dismissed my cry for help, I was so hurt. Um, so if you are finding yourself longing for sisterhood and that sense of community um you know i be, I agree we need those things, but you you're not gonna find it in a group that you have to pay to be a part of um, it, f- <laughs> trying to make mom friends has been the hardest thing I've had to do as an adult um and it it's so painful, it's so vulnerable it's so disheartening there's so many reasons for moms to not agree because we all view things so differently um and so it's really hard to find your people but all I can say is just keep looking keep trying um because you will eventually and you're more likely to make the lifelong connections you want instead of a temporary paid connection um uh back on the topic of the boot camp stuff, um, I found a physical therapist, Brianna Battles and she um, her website is fantastic she works specifically with athletes who become pregnant and helps them recover after delivery Um, and she had a great blog post about how she hates these mommy boot camps because they are so ill-equipped to take care of the postpartum woman. They are not you know, they're not addressing the medical conditions that so many women have after birth. Um, and uh, she did have a, she She also has a podcast, it, I think it's just Brianna Battles, um, and um, she did an interview with a mom that runs one of these mom boot camps, but it's on a much smaller scale than the one I'm talking about, and the founder and her trainers are all, um, it seems like actually licensed physical trainers with specific postpartum, um, trainings, like for the physical stuff. Um, and I think even in the podcast, you mentioned that they're working on being able to better address the mental stuff as well. Um, but it, again, it's a smaller group it's not as far reaching as this other one which also makes it the other one seem more scammy than the one that um Brianna interviewed <clears throat> um so if you want to learn more about the fitness in the postpartum or even prenatal phase i do recommend uh Brianna Bottle Battle's podcast and her website briannabattles.com it's b r i a n n a b a t t l e s.com And um, she even has some free resources on there that you can um, sign up for and they get emailed to you and they're pretty good. Um, One of the articles I found about a franchise owner of the boot camp group that I experienced was quoted as saying, I built my entire business without any childcare because I got to bring my kids to work with me. This franchise enabled me to do that and I gained much more than an income. I truly believe you have to have passion for what you're doing. The quote, "What you do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life sums it up perfectly. <laughs> there are so many red flags in just that paragraph. Um, red flag one, gained more than income because she's probably barely breaking even. Red flag two, the quote about working, it's a bunch of bullshit to guilt people into working and working insanely hard for very little gain or making them feel that what they are doing for work is not worthy because it's not bringing them this insanely joy and they'll do it for free. Um I have <laughs> I I do what I love every day. I'm a mom, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, but it's all hard and it's all work. I don't feel like I'm just on vacation um ever, even when I'm on vacation. Um I tried to find income disclosure statements for the franchise, uh, and while I couldn't find any, which is also a red flag um, that I've heard mentioned from a lot of anti-MLM advocates, especially Roberta Blevins, whose podcast Life After MLM is a must-listen, but in their franchise agreement, which I had to hunt down and uh, peruse um, it, they, they don't make it easy to find. You can't find it on their, uh, website. I had to find it through, I think, what's it called? Um, Chip or something. Like, um, hold on. I'll tell you. It is. Yeah, I think it's Fran Chip. Chimp, I mean. Fran Chimp. So like franchise, but chimp at the end. Fran Chimp. um. And uh, and they want you to pay for it to download the whole thing because it's, it's huge. Um, so in the franchise agreement, I did see that if a franchise doesn't make any money, that's not the headquarters fault and there's no protection for the owners. It states in the franchise agreement um, that owners must make minimum franchise technology and other payments regardless of sales levels. Your inability to make payments may result in termination of your franchise and loss of your investment. It even states in its agreement that the um, state of Michigan prohibits some of the, quote, unfair provisions, end quote, sometimes, in, sometimes found in franchise documents. Um, so make of that what you will. But to me, it sounds like some of these things might not work in Michigan. Um, they've also been in litigation in the state of Maryland because they allegedly... Uh, violated the registration, disclosure, and anti-fraud provisions of the Maryland Franchise Law involving the offer and sale of said company licenses, which constitute franchise and denied under Maryland Franchise Law. The lawsuit goes on to say that the company sent promotional materials to people in Maryland, including sample budgets containing representations of potential gross revenues and income. And, um, Without agreeing or disagreeing to whether or not they were in violation of these statutes, the company agreed to cease licensing franchises in Maryland. Uh, to me, that's a big red flag and says you're guilty. But, you know, allegedly, 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 allegedly don't sue um, me. Here are the costs that licensees have to pay in addition to that uh, franchise fee, which um, here I say can go up to 12000 based on what's in their agreement. Um, There's a founder's course, which is $149. A basics class, a fundamentals class, a mom and baby class, body back, or whatever it's called now, format, bar, two other class certificates, a run club, a run club certificate. Um, All of those classes, that's one, two, three, four. 10 classes that you have to take to teach any of these is a, are $149 each. Each. And then, then they have to do a monthly franchise fee, anywhere from $200 to $400. A monthly systems access fee. I guess that's like website stuff. Um, $120 to $140 a month. You can get a website for cheaper than that. $18 a month. To $26 a month is what I pay. Uh, monthly royalty, they pay the headquarters 4% of their gross sales. And then a brand fund contribution, which is up to 3% of their monthly business gross sales. Uh, wh- why? Uh, <laughs> and then anytime you want to expand your footprint, let's say that. You know, you start out in one town, but you want to go over to the neighboring town or even just like the neighboring zip code. You have to get approval from the headquarters, which which all franchises do because they don't want you in direct competition with another of their franchises, um, but you pay an additional $2,500 plus an additional monthly franchise fee. Then there's also an annual membership fee of $25 per person, per instructor, which and if you don't pay it on time, there's a $75 late fee. And then the cherry on top is the optional, air quote, national conference or regional summit, which ranges anywhere from $160 to $1,000 per person. Um, the most recent agreement that I found said that in 2020, the company's total revenue was $2.5 million, Um... And it says it's from the quote, sale of our services, including training fees and retail products to franchisees totaling 305000 which represents 12% of the revenues. I don't know, but that sounds like, um, <laughs> whatever. It just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Where's the rest of the money coming from if that's only 12%? Because they don't do anything else. Um they estimate the onboarding program uh so you buy the franchise you pay that money and then you have to do the classes which is just like the uh the initial setting up your franchise classes um is 19 hours commitment um of of classwork and then to become an instructor it's 46 hours so you are paying a ridiculous amount of money For training you can only use within this program and you're you have 46 freaking hours how how do you do that um and in 2020 they had 250 franchises give or take a few uh which was down 15 franchises from 2019 probably due to COVID if I had to guess but who knows um There are even uniform requirements in this agreement that say you will require instructors to wear branded logo apparel and other standardized insignia during classes and comply with programs. Um, This had my jaw on the floor. They also strongly recommend each manager, instructor, or employee sign a non-disclosure and non-compete agreement. I have only ever heard of having to do this if you work for a large corporation that makes a lot of money and has a lot of clients and you know valuable information on the line and this is not it this does not do any of that um, and they even have offer uh, they have examples of these agreements in the franchise agreement um, the it, the thing the franchise agreement I downloaded said that they also um, filed for, and received a PPP loan during COVID. Um, and that's, that just blows my mind. Like, there were actual mom-and-pop businesses who needed that kind of money to survive, and instead it went to this shit. Um, and I also know it went to another, a bunch of other MLMs. And do you know why? Because they have lobbyists in Congress. Um. So I looked up a couple of the women who were previous franchise owners, because that information is also in the franchise agreement. Um, and with a little light Facebook stalking, um, I found that a couple have opened their own fitness studios and received legitimate personal training certificates that can be used in any setting, unlike the training they received through this company. Um, another was a photographer, an insurance salesman, um, and uh <laughs> None of them, none of the ones that I could find had any mention or very little mention anymore about this their affiliation with this company, uh, which to me is another red flag. Um, you typically don't go through your social media and delete all this stuff unless somebody tells you to or there's bad blood and you just want to get it out. Um, and so it's just kind of weird, um, especially since all of these women, they're on Facebook constantly and, and Instagram. And they're always posting when they're at these group activities, these group workouts, it's all on there constantly, which is how they create that FOMO, that click vibe, that it's just, it's all over the place. And for it to just like no longer exist anymore on these people who, you know, took themselves out of it. It's just, it says a lot to me. Um, So, uh, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't hating on this group unnecessarily and just with my own biases. So I looked up, um, you know, what makes a bad franchise? What, what are some red flags? Um, and I found an article from Forbes, um, which says, uh, one red flag is a lack of franchise or overall experience in the type of business the franchise operates, um, To my knowledge, the company that I have beef with has zero. Um, The founder was a mom who taught an exercise class, thought it would be good to branch out, and did so. Um, And we know that they're not setting up these other moms for much success because there's no clear business plan or anything like that that they're giving them. Another red flag is litigation, Um, so too many lawsuits is a bad thing. I only found a couple for this one, but uh, you wouldn't think a mommy and me boot camp style business would have too many lawsuits. But Um, another obvious one uh, is bankruptcy. That doesn't apply here. Um, It says another is if the total of continuing franchise fees is higher than comparable franchisees, find out why. It's not unusual for a successful franchise to charge higher fees, but make sure to confirm it's successful. I feel like that one applies here. Their fees are crazy, especially because they're not getting the return. And you'll see why um, when I break down the costs and the membership stuff. Um, So... um, Uh, territory is another one. If there's little or no territory protection and no details on how territories are established and defined, it could be an indication of potential future disputes between franchisees and the franchisor. And um, I do think that one applies here too, because I remember when I was in Texas that the women who ran my group were trying to take over another territory, but were having to work with the company and the competitor in the other area that they wanted to branch out into, and it was a whole thing. Um, So I don't think there was any clear defined thing for them to, you know, figure out how to do it without it getting sticky. Um, Another red flag is a high number of franchisee turnover, more outlets closed versus open, and the number of franchisee transfers. Um, I did see in the... Um, franchise agreement that there's a fair bit of turnover a lot of it where things were getting closed or not renewed um, and then um, but some were being resold so if a mom decides she doesn't want to lead the thing anymore because her kids have aged out or she's going to do a career change or something she has the option to sell her, fran- her share to another woman or you know whoever wants to take over and keep continue to run the business um and another red flag that the Forbes article said was unless a franchise is in growth mode so like new a franchise that's been in operation for several years with more than 100 location that earns most of its revenues from initial franchise fees is a red flag this coupled with high franchisee turnover is a major red flag um And so, to me, this is where I'm like, ding, 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 that's this company. They have 250 franchises, um, and these franchises pay a ton of money all year long for what? Um, so, uh, the people on the ground, what could they possibly be earning? Uh, it's not much, especially since a lot of them, um, I mean, maybe some of the smaller ones are owning it, running it, doing all the classes. But if they have kids, I don't know how they're doing that without childcare, which I still don't know how they would afford based on these membership prices. So, um, which are more than a gym. Like I could go to the YMCA seven days a week for less. These classes are only Monday through Friday. Sometimes run clubs are on Sundays. But that's still six days, not seven. Um, so anyway, the monthly cost f- um, for unlimited visits is $65. Um, $80 if you're doing those body-back style classes. Um, and then um, and th- those are unlimited, so you can go as many days a week as you want. And then the, um, the this shocked me. The run club is $135. what the fuck for eight weeks eight weeks $135 you're running one day a week with these people and you're spending $135 I don't know about you but that's like that doesn't even cover my groceries so why am I going to spend that on running one day a week with these people you can run go meet friends at the park go run at the park for free it's free or what I did during COVID was I just ran laps around my house because it's like a tenth of a mile and I would just do it until I hit my mile goal. You don't, it doesn't take much. And I just, this is, this is highway robbery. Um, The prenatal fitness classes are anywhere from 180 to 270 and that's just for two or three visits a week for six weeks. That's, I was, we were not making a lot of money when I was pregnant with our first kid. There's no way we could have afforded that um, Alternatively, you can pay three hundred dollars every six months to work out unlimited in any of their classes, and that doesn't include your fees for play dates or whatever else um, and then, given the fees that we know people have to pay for their franchise I don't know i i don't I can't make the money make sense um. The class that I know is licensed from this company in my current area is very small. There's maybe 10 or 12 women um, at the one at the park, Um, and the ones in Texas were a little bigger, but it was a bigger area, but still, it was like 12 to 25 women per class, and it was usually the same group of women, give or take a few, and, um, you know, the... The franchisee turnover might be low, but the membership turnover is high because your kids are only in a stroller for so long. And then you have school, and they don't really, like, they're not hip for women to just, like, drop their kids off at school and come work out. I mean, you can. Uh, We had a couple moms try that, and then they just kind of stopped because they were like, this is weird. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's just... It's not set up to be self-sustaining. And like I said, a gym membership is a lot cheaper and a lot more flexible with your time. Um, The other thing that freaked me out when I started working out with this group and the thing that freaks me out now, knowing what I know about MLMs and other scammy groups, is you can't just show up to work out. Like I knew that they met at the park but I didn't know, I knew the days, I didn't know the times, I didn't know like if I needed to bring anything. So I went to the website to check out the thing, and it's like, oh, click here, message here, do this. Like I had to put in my information, message them, wait for them to confirm they received my message, and be like, yes, you can come try our class for free, and then decide if you want to join. And um, I went through that process today, um, and had to do like five clicks before I found out the price of these things. Um, which is where that, the pricing I just gave you came from. Um, the other thing that freaks me out is, um, and it, I wish it had freaked me out, you know, at the time, but again, suffering from crippling postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, the owner of this particular company is like a a mama guru to the franchisees. She's all about, I'm using air quotes, mamas taking time for themselves and prioritizing themselves and putting themselves first, but she keeps sharing her messages with the mamas by asking them to pay for her classes and her books. I just got an email this past week saying, why don't you sign up for a $65 class for the month of March to learn about better time management? Um, Well, I know I can save myself $65 and an hour a day by not signing up for your class. Thanks, bye. I mean, what the fuck? This is grafting 101. If you want to do good for moms, just do good for moms. Don't charge them 65 fucking bucks a month, like, and make them sit and listen to you for an hour a day. Um, my my husband and I were having a conversation about something along these lines. Um, and he was like, well, aren't you kind of doing the same thing with good moms have bad days? And he likes to play devil's advocate. I didn't take it too personally, but I was like, no. Um, Because I didn't didn't write the book for money. I didn't start the podcast to make money. I don't volunteer with PSI to make money. I do it because this work is important. The stuff needs to be shared. The more people that share it, the better. And, you know, if, if, big if, if I happen to make money along the way from either ad revenue or someone throwing a book deal my way, sure, fine, great. But I am not in this for the money. If I have a message to share with you, I am going to share it and I'm not going to make you pay for it to hear it. Like I mean, it, so I mean, he should know better because I am a journalist by study and trade and I I made so little as a journalist and yet it was the greatest most fulfilling job I've ever had. Um also the hardest. Well, being mom is harder, but you know what I mean. So Back to this whole thing. Um, The other thing this boot camp and all MLMs try to sell women on is the idea of that community and village and a place to, you know, bond over motherhood with. And um, again, I will stress this. They are not your village if you are paying them. They're just not. Um, Because as soon as you stop paying to exercise with them, They are gone. There is no effort to keep those relationships open. There might be one. There might be one exception to that rule, but that's it. Um, uh, In the motherly article that I mentioned er, before, um, the author wrote, It's not uncommon for MLMs to have ties to Christianity, which the Mommy Boot Camp also does. Um, In the series, LuLaRoe is presented as the ideal way for a woman to find empowerment. It allows you to work without threatening the patriarchy. And because in many faiths, women aren't able to achieve institutional power, those who are part of more traditional household faiths could see an an MLM opportunity as a win-win. The author also reminds us that the U.S. is the only industrialized country without a paid maternity leave mandate. Um, You know, we were promised one with this last election and I think they squeaked out four weeks that's garbage Uh, so we obviously have a lot of work to do and um, you know it has been proven that forcing mothers back into the workforce before they're physically and emotionally ready impacts both maternal and child health Um, according to motherly's 2021 state of motherhood survey 92 percent of mothers feel society doesn't do a good job of understanding or supporting motherhood this is a sentiment that has grown in strength every year Motherly has conducted the survey from 74% in 2018, 85% in 2019, 80% in 2020, and again, jumped all the way up to 92% this year, or last year. Um, to help folks not fall for the MLM traps, social media companies have promised to filter out MLMs and their content. Uh, TikTok made a big announcement, I guess in 2020, saying, you know, no more MLMs. Um, But Roberta Blevins, again, of Life After MLM, just mentioned the other day that, so far that's not been the case, that people have tried to report when they have, either get messages from um, MLMs, or if they see an MLM content thing come up, they've reported the post and have heard back. Like, sorry, this isn't violating our standards, so they're fine. Um, So maybe they're still figuring it out, but who knows? Money talks. Um, uh, And I know I'm jumping around, but um, another uh, tidbit that I I think is really important to mention from the Motherly article is that 73% of people who participated in MLMs lost money or made no money at all. And the Federal Trade Commission published a report where they estimated over 99, 99% of all people who join MLMs will fail to turn a profit. And yet, somehow, this shit is still legal. To me, participating in an MLM is more risk than gambling. Like, buy a lottery ticket. You have less to lose that way. Um, I put out a call for stories on my Instagram Um, about anybody who had experienced the MLM stuff. Uh, So here's a couple that I thought were worth sharing. Um, Kelly wrote that uh, her homeschool co-op is filled with MLM moms. She said, I ended up getting juice plus vitamins for at least a year. I never got pushed to sell, though. One of my better friends sold Young Living essential oils and convinced another friend to join her team. She didn't even try asking me, since I said essential oils were not safe to ingest, and some weren't safe around kids or pets. Um, <laughs> I, when I was chatting with her, I was like, oh, so when you like stated science and facts, they said, oh, she wouldn't be good for us. Um, because that's the other thing. These MLMs build up their own entire culture of beliefs and are not open to truth and facts and science and logic and... They Anybody who disagrees is, you know, not welcome. Um, And then Sarah wrote, I got talked into an MLM for fitness when I was maybe three months postpartum and still deep in postpartum OCD. The main selling point was you can sell this and stay home with your baby right when I went back to work, which was a pretty toxic work environment. She was um, an engineer. I was told to get a target audience and share my story, Basically how exercise and community helped me to continue to heal from postpartum depression, which was kind of true but pretty much was mostly my therapist. My target audience should be, moms similar to me, read, moms with PPD. I quit when the company issued an ad that blatantly targeted new moms with postpartum depression. So MLMs are looking to target moms and a lot of the products being hawked by them and other companies are marketed toward things that, you know, cause mom guilt and all the mixed emotions we feel when we transition from single woman getting stuff done to mom and carer and doer of all things. It's hard and there's no rule on how to process that change and these companies and individuals are 100% taking advantage of that and the laws keep them legal because it's just like the old boys will be boys. This is capitalism. It's gross and the more of us that are aware of these practices in these companies and know what to look out for the less these companies will thrive hopefully uh this episode could be 5 hours because there's just so much tied in with mlms and shady businesses and people preying on moms um uh but we don't have that time and you know that's not the focus of this podcast but it's a good one and i do encourage everybody to do your research, listen to the other podcasts I've mentioned, um, Google, go down a rabbit hole if you have some extra time one day. Um, there's a lot of good information out there. Some of it is truly eye-opening. Um, so to wrap this up, I do want to give you a list of all the companies that are registered with the Direct Sales Association, um, which is the national organization that governs all of these companies and lobbies for them in D.C. Uh, to keep their shit legal. So, The next time someone drops into your dms and says i have a great opportunity for you this is the company name or whatever here's the list so if you hear one of these names let that red flag go off loud and clear and you can just reply uh i wish you all the best but you're in an mlm if you ever decide to open your own business please let me know and i'll be more than happy to support you so here's the list and also there are some things that are not on this list like doTERRA and uh, beauty counter because the parent companies are on here and the parent companies usually are not well known unless you search for it because these fuckers are sneaky Um, so um, here we go For life Research ACN Inc Advocare International Eros LLC Alouette Cosmetics, Ambit Energy Amway, Argonne International, Team Beachbody Become International, Big Planet, Division of New Skin Enterprises, Boissette Collection, Calico International, Cutco Vector Marketing Corporation, Damsel in Defense, Dudley Beauty Corp, Engaging USA, Energetic, GmbH, and Co. KG, Enzacta USA, Essential Bodywear, Forever Living Products, Global Domains International, H2O at Home. Healthmore, and HMI Industries, Inc. company, Herbalife, Hay Site Enterprises, LLC, Immunotech Research, Inc., Isogenics International, Jeffra Cosmetics International, Java Mama, J. Bloom Designs, Jeunesse Global, um, John Amico Hair Care Products, Jordan Essentials, The Juice Plus Company, Kirby, Kiani, Labrie Pure Natural. <laughs> Lemongrass Spa Products, Lifestyles USA, Life Vantage, Manatech Inc, Mary Kay, Metafast, also Optavia is part of Metafast. Um Modere, Oh yeah, that's another thing. I had a doctor in this last year when I said I was concerned about my weight. Um, she said, "Well, have you tried that diet Optate Optavia?" A lot of my clients have had good luck with it. I came home, I Googled it, and I was like, this is a fucking MLM. How dare you? Um, fortunately, she no longer takes my insurance and is no longer my doctor. So, just this is why it's always good to do your homework. Um, okay. Madeira, Melaleuca, Needful, Neo Life International, Neora LLC, New Earth Life Sciences, New Age, NHT Global. Novier USA, Noonday Collection, New Skin Enterprises, NYR Organic, OmniLife USA, Orenda International, Pampered Chef, Patry, Pampered Chef, PharmaNex, a division of New Skin Enterprises, Plexus Worldwide, PM International AG, Primerica Inc., Princess House Inc., Pure Haven, Regal Wear Inc., Relive International, Renoware International, Rexair LLC, Rodan & Fields, Sabika Inc., Saladmaster, part of Regal Inc., Sunky Global, Sensi, Cinegents, Shakely, Simp- Simply Fun, Southwestern Advantage, Stampin' Up, Steep Tea, Inc., Sunrider International, Swissjust, that might be a typo, Synergy Worldwide, Talk Fusion, Tastefully Simple, Team National, The Avon Company, 31 Gifts, Touchstone Crystal, Trades of Hope, Traveling Vineyard, TriStar Enterprises, USANA Health Sciences, Usborne Books, that one was shocking to me. Valera LLC, Wine Shop at Home, World Book Inc., Singular with an X, Um, Your YOR Health, (laughs) Young Living, Unique, Zervida, doTERRA is also an MLM, but it was not on that list. Um, And, uh, you know, if, if anybody approaches you with one of these opportunities, just kindly tell them, thanks but no thanks. And I know I even have a tough time with this. I I want to help women. Anybody. I want to help people who want to help themselves and who have their businesses. And then when you find out it's an MLM, you're like, damn it, I wanted to support you. I want to give you my money, but I don't want to support these fucking people that are doing this and targeting you. And so it's just hard. Let them know that you are there for them when they leave this company. Um, uh, Another thing that I have heard about a lot Uh, And it's kind of in the same space, you know, it's this uh, holistic living, MLM, vitamin, shakes, bullshit, um, Ayurveda, which I think is like a movement and a health practice, but it's the same crap. They're not selling you anything you need, um, but they sure think they are, so uh, just tread with caution, do your homework. To wrap this up, if you are in an MLM, I am not judging you. It happens to the best of us. Good moms, good people, smart people fall for these traps. I want nothing but good things for all moms, all families, and I just want you all to be armed with the most helpful information to take care of yourselves, and I don't want you to buy into all of the mom guilt. And since most of this was about the boot camp episode, um, boot camp experience, here's my shout from the rooftops my soapbox rant Uh, you don't need your body back because you have your body it hasn't gone anywhere it might feel like it for a little bit because there's a baby clinging to you 24 7 and your boobs are being torn to shreds with breastfeeding and you're covered in gunk all day and feel gross but you also feel amazing and powerful but nothing fits right and everything is just weird and uncomfortable but it's still your body and it will feel more and more like your body as time goes on, as your baby grows, as you get into the rhythm of motherhood. I wanted my old pant size back. That's why I did this stupid boot camp. I wanted things to be physically back where they used to be, but that, you know, for a lot of us, that's just not the case. I had temper tantrums in my closet getting ready for things because just nothing fit, and I would cry and yell, and it was awful. Also, that was when my postpartum depression and anxiety was that it's worse and so everything seemed awful but the boot camp didn't help that it didn't do anything to build back that confidence that sense of self it just made me look at what was on the outside and what I wanted my body to look like not how I wanted to feel in my body Um, the only thing that can help that is therapy once you get your mind right and you start getting out for walks and runs and you go to the gym or whatever you will feel better but don't fall for this bullshit that puts you in a position of comparing yourself to others or fad diets or shakes and vitamins and shit that you don't need that aren't gonna work that the second you stop them you're gonna gain the weight back and you're gonna be yo-yo dieting and it's gonna be horribly unhealthy don't do that to yourself you are perfect you will feel more comfortable the further away you get from this postpartum period, I promise, nothing happens overnight, nothing, and it's not going to help happen in one of these groups, Um, and, you know, you want that sistership, you want that community, but that doesn't exist here, it just doesn't, Um, and, you know, you're going to feel like it, but you're not alone, I promise, and your body is freaking slamming, and you will find yourself again, and it just takes work and filtering out the noise that social media makes so much louder. You've got this, and there are a ton of women out here cheering you on. And if you ever need a pep talk, a rant, whatever, please feel free to message me, and I will be your cheerleader. I know this motherhood stuff is not easy, but you are doing great. We are doing great moms the world over are doing great. This has been the hardest season. Postpartum is the hardest season for any mother, but then you add a pandemic and good Lord, the fact that we are here right now is a feat in itself and you're just phenomenal. Um, so thanks for following, following me down this rabbit hole today. I hope you guys liked it. Um, the rest of the season, my goal is to have it structured similarly, picking topics that um, are affecting mothers, past and present, and kind of diving in, examining where things are, how far they've come, where they're going, um, and really kind of getting back to my journalistic roots and just having a lot of fun with it. So um, if you have any topics like that that you would like me to look into, drop me a line and let me know. Um, And thanks again for listening. Thanks for showing up every day for yourself and your families. Have a great week, and remember to just say no to MLMs. For more information about Good Moms Have Bad Days, visit goodmomshavebaddays.com and follow me on Instagram at goodmomshavebaddays and email thoughts and suggestions for future episodes or questions to goodmomshavebaddays at gmail.com I will also be posting today's um, script on the blog on the website um, so that you can click any of the links, look at any of the names and stuff that I mentioned, Um, and uh, yeah, that'll all be at goodmomshavebaddays.com. If you or someone you know is in crisis, text HOME to 741-741 to reach the crisis text line or text the Postpartum Support International Helpline, HELP, H-E-L-P, to 1-800-944-4773 or you can call that same number and leave a message and a trained volunteer will return your message shortly. You can also access more resources through psi um, at postpartum.net. Thanks and I'll see you all next week. Bye.